I think that comes up a lot where people can be insecure or don't feel they should bring new ideas to the table because there's no ROI assessment yet. But it's so important that I trust her that I'm not missing anything. I try to pay attention, but I need her expertise. And just don't be scared to bring things to the table. And don't be scared to ask your team. They may have heard of something that you haven't heard of either. Welcome to the Multi-Location Marketing Leader, a podcast exploring how multi-location marketers grow brands and franchises across multiple markets. In each episode, a host from NetSertive interviews multi-location marketers, franchisees, and other industry players to uncover what's working. You'll hear stories and strategies to help you become a dynamic multi-location marketing leader. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Multi-Location Marketing Leader. I'm Erin Martin, and this episode is brought to you by NetSertive, a marketing partner who can help you run better localized marketing programs. Today, our guest is Tina DeFries. She's the president and CEO at Big Frog Franchise Group, which is a custom t-shirt boutique with over 75 stores throughout the U.S. and Canada. Tina, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And so just to dive in and give our audience a little background on you, can you tell us more about you and your role at Big Frog? Well, currently I am CEO and president, but I actually started as one of the founders. And because my husband and partner wanted to do sales and operations, I became the de facto marketing person. So that was my initial role. I came to love it. So it's a lot of fun. Um, So I kind of kept that role, even though now I'm CEO and president, I still enjoy paying attention and having my hand in the marketing pot, much to the chagrin of my marketing manager, probably, (laughs) but I do enjoy that a lot. But generally what I do on a daily basis is strategize ways to grow the Big Frog brand in terms of both the store's revenues and expansion throughout North America is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I try to focus on that most of all. Awesome. And yeah, I know starting from the ground up is such an experience. So tell me a little bit about that process and what were some of the biggest challenges that you initially ran into on the marketing front? Yeah, you know, it was when I we started, it was 2008. So things were a lot different in terms of digital marketing. But what I really enjoyed was figuring out SEO and diving into learning how to publish websites and what the heck were Google AdWords, which they were AdWords back in the day. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, the public library has a lot of books for dummies that I really embraced on that aspect. But, you know, launching a brand is really challenging. But we were very fortunate. We had family and friends who invested and really believed in the brand and franchisees. Our first 10 franchisees were just phenomenal and understood the passion behind the product and what we were trying to accomplish. So, but so many challenges. We like to say we pretty much threw away $10,000 bills in the beginning, trying to figure out what the heck we were doing. <laughs> so. Do you have an example of one of those? Is there one that comes to mind where you're like, we had some hard lessons learned here? Yeah, well, yes. So we bought back in, I think, 2009, we bought three event trucks from Xbox and renovated those and put 
t-shirt printers in them. And that cost about $60,000. And that was a big failure. <laughs> it was not, it's not a good idea to go on the road printing t-shirts. But we sold them for more money than we bought them for. So it was a wash. But we have many franchisees who want to market their stores that way in a mobile aspect. And I can confidently say it's just not a good investment. And I think the nice thing about franchising is we can take all those little perspectives, think that's a waste. Or for us, Facebook marketing was a big waste. Don't, let's not put money there. Let's put it over here and we can guarantee some ROI at these activities. So yeah, we have done that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And interesting to hear that Facebook didn't work well for you guys. Was that from the get-go or just recently? Like it was working at one point and then recently hasn't been performing? I'll say it's not that it doesn't work. It's not a revenue generator. It's a great branding activity, but mm. Google ads, you know, based on where it falls in the sales funnel, is just such a better opportunity for us. So we'll run things at the national level for branding activity, but we don't like people to put money in if they think they're going to get an immediate return on investment. Now, boosting posts do work very well for in-store promos and events, but not, not running carousel ads or things like that that doesn't work for our stores. Yeah. Yep. They make you pay to get in front of a lot of audiences oftentimes at the right, you know, frequency that you want to reach someone. Mm -hmm. So makes sense. So then testing wise, it sounds like you guys have tested a ton, which is awesome. How do you think about testing new channels now when, you know, you've done so much stuff in the past and know some things that works or don't like, how do you think about that? We are always, you know, I think one of the things that we never want to ignore innovation. So we are willing to put some of our, we collect marketing fund at a national level from our stores, like most franchisee, franchisors. So we will do pilot tests on different platforms and advertising techniques on their behalf for, we'll pilot it across maybe three to five stores that we can trust to share results. Not every store tracks you know, and this is across all franchise systems, but not every store tracks exactly how well a campaign goes. So we do a pilot test and we we do probably one or two a year to try new avenues of advertising and platforms to see what happens. So we can't, one of the things we will do is even if we think it won't work, we can't ignore it as a possible avenue for resources for the stores. So we try to stay on top of you know, retail conventions, marketing uh, conferences, just to see if we're missing the boat on something. You know, one of the things that I know we really need to look at is AI soon, you know, the bots, chat bots and things like that. I think we get so many questions at our store since we're specialty retail. That's probably something I should try to implement for the stores just to save them time for mm. the customer experience. Too. So that's probably the next thing we have to look at soon. Yeah, nice. And what's your two cents on TikTok? It's such a hot topic these days of whether to test it and be on it or not. Like, what What do you think? Well, I personally had to uninstall it from my phone. It's way too addictive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know that it's a, it's a valid avenue, even for people my age. We are using it right now at a corporate level. We're producing just basic reels. I mean, we're using the same thing on Instagram reels and YouTube shorts. So it's nothing really exciting that we're doing at the national level. We have some stores that have super embraced it. They're doing the dancing trends with our frog mascot. They're mm. trying to create their own unique brand out of the store. And it's going very well for the ones who get it. But a lot of our owners are my age or older, and it's definitely out of our, not in our wheelhouse 
to do some of these things. I would love to. I think it's a huge opportunity, especially with the Gen Z, to get in front of them. But I think I would need to hire someone specifically to do that. It doesn't come naturally to anyone here on the team. So it's a very unique skill set. At least I think it is. But I enjoy them. They're very fun. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, developing that type of content and being able to kind of plan that. Like, how do you guys go about that right now? Is it just at the corporate level for your guys' team? Is it just kind of an ideation strategy session and then filming them and, you know, like just kind of quick and iterative? Or what's that process like? Yeah, it's not... It's really features products or holidays type of thing. It's not like live film. So we take clips that we can find in different, you know, platforms, use those, use our product clips from graphics my designers created, overlay the music. It's nothing very catchy that, you know, kids would really get into. It's just more we're on the platform. We're trying to stay current. It's nothing that anyone should emulate. <laughs> Definitely be more creative. We're just trying to do what we can. We've had our my marketing manager, May's daughter, has come in and done a couple for us. She's, I think, 11 now. And she did a really good job. So I need to hire her and have her come back and do some nice. stuff for us. <laughs> and yeah, that's how you have to start. If you're too scared and don't think that you're going to do it well enough, like you're never going to start. So you just got to dive in, start learning, and it'll improve over time. I think I saw there was one either photographer or like Instagram influencer who kind of was making the same point by saying, if you look at my pictures and all my photos from 10 years ago, like they're kind of cringeworthy because I've gotten so much better over the 10 years. You just kind of have to start and then you'll get better. You got to take that first step. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I I really would love to get into it more. I think it's just, it is just such a specialty that we're, we have to maybe get an intern in to help with that. Yes. And you mentioned SEO from the get-go is something that you might've picked up a, you know, SEO for dummies book when you kind of started diving mm-hmm. into marketing. I'm curious if you're still, like, if you started that in 2008, you could build a pretty good system And SEO especially seems like one of those where you have to build it over time to see the impact. You know, you can't just like turn it on like this, like advertising. And so I'm curious how that's been going. And has that always been kind of a strategy and something you've tried to focus on since the beginning? I think that was our primary strength in terms of marketing in the beginning. We originally were called Bay Area Custom Shirts. So I focused on Bay Area 24-hour turnaround, no minimums. So all of our disruptor points, we focused on those. And because I read, and it was literally SEO for dummies, because I read that book and programmed the website that way, we were getting hits from all over the world. I had calls from Netherlands, Alaska, just because of our features and benefits and the words we were using and, you know, the heading ones, all those things that we did. And because we built on that with each store we launched with their own microsite, we have, our SEO is phenomenal. It's And when people, you know, a lot of time agencies try to sell us SEO and we just haven't seen any, we've tried it because like I said, we won't say no, we want to try things, make sure we're not missing any innovation. But generally because of our history, we have, we're number one in every market as soon as we launch a store. So it's, it's, it's been phenomenal. We are going to focus on some of our lesser known products this year, just to make sure if you need a trucker cap, for instance, we may not come up number one there. So we Mm -hmm. want to start vlogging and doing more promotion that way. 
But in terms of our core products, we are number one. And you're right, but we have the history. We have 14 years of number one status and great Google reviews on top of it. Thousands and thousands of Google reviews. So Nice. Yeah, that's huge. So what else does that kind of local store marketing playbook look like right now for you guys in addition to the good reviews, it sounds like, and SEO? Yeah, so... Um, Google reviews were always pushing for sure. Uh, other things we're looking at are local blogs. We have a PR firm in, that we use out of Fort Lauderdale that really helps us develop a local marketing activity. So we have the ability to write localized blogs and everyone's microsite. We've been pushing a shop local campaign. We actually ended that, I think, in the summer. But that was Facebook Live interviews with our owner at the location and their favorite customers. So we are mm. able to really focus that. And it's video, which as you know, video right now, whether it's TikTok or YouTube is huge. So we did all video and we spliced that into little bite-sized chunks too, to really drive the video SEO. So those are on people's uh, individual websites as well. So we have that on Vimeo and YouTube. We put on LinkedIn, all the, you know, everything we can to really drive SEO video as well, or video SEO as well. And we're going to continue that and some more local events and blogs is kind of the main plan. We do use Yext, which I'm sure you've heard of. So we've written some scripts to link Yext into our schema on the microsites. That was the brand new effort we did. So that should keep our directory listing super fresh. And all of those, I guess I'd say codes, you know, inside codes of the websites, totally fresh too. So we're trying everything we can do to keep our stores number one, across Google and everybody else. So. Nice. That's awesome. And yeah, I love what you said about video of just trying to repurpose everything that you can to be able to show up on Google in multiple different ways because Google picks up on that. They'll read if it's tagged correctly, they'll read that and give you that domain authority to have you show up first. So you guys are definitely doing something mm -hmm. right. I love it. So yeah, so after founding this and it kind of taking off, I'm just curious, like, where are you now in terms of marketing that you're super proud of in terms of that evolution? 2008 to now is definitely a long term to be able to see it. What's, you know, what's some of the bigger things that you're proud of and then other initiatives that you guys have looking at for next year? Well, like your photographer person, if you look back at what I did in 2008, completely cringeworthy. <laughs> so I'm very, very happy with what the team has done in terms of our brand cohesion over the last five years. It's a gorgeous website. They're, they're so talented. The cohesion between the consumer and the franchise side is wonderful. Everything is so tightened and buttoned up in terms of even just social media tone and consistency. Very, very happy with that. The owners are very happy with the quality of the materials they're getting now. I think, you know, in terms of what we're looking at doing, you know, 2023, it's going to be continuing the video creation and then just continuing working on SEO, like I said, for the lower, uh, lesser known products. And then for franchise development, we've launched a huge campaign around acquiring new veteran and first responder owners. Mm. So we have a big promotion going on with a reduced franchise fee and no royalties for a year for those owners. So we're really excited to be trying, we're trying some new venues there for brand dev, putting uh, ads in military transition magazines and trade shows, you know, maybe having a presence on some military bases just to really kind of go grassroots 
So I'm very excited about that. The campaign's looking really good. We've got some good press on that already. So that's new for us. And um, I'm the daughter of a veteran and my partner was a veteran. So it's very close to our hearts. So we're very, very excited to bring more veterans in our system too. That's awesome. And did you also see, was it naturally having that background that kind of drove you towards that? Or did you see that some of your best candidates have that type of profile and then wanted to go after it? We have, yes, uh, both. Both. I am a big admirer. Um, I know it's all about teamwork and systems that make a successful military officer so or leader. So that was important to me. Franchising is all about systems and being a great leader for your team. And then we do have some amazing veterans and first responders in the system. So, and, and, you know, and my marketing manager loves that it's a target we can target. You know, uh, it's hard to target a lot of what your franchise candidates are executives, you know, XVPs, that type of thing. It's a very hard, it's a hard market to really go after specifically. So we thought this will be our first super focused target that we could potentially, you know, make a big splash with. So it's our, it's our first big targeted audience. We're excited. Nice. And so looking back, what advice would you give anyone who's jumping into franchising or yourself back in 2008 about franchising and things to be aware of? I think the one thing that all of us are ex-scientists. So I think the one thing we did right was go to people who knew what they were doing. So we went to IFA conventions. We went back then and went, it was Nova Emerging Franchisor conventions. We went to all of those and had books of notes and talked to everybody. You know, I remember the first one, like hearing Shelly Sun speak and all these, you know, people that are just icons in franchising that everything they said was gold. You don't need to reinvent franchising. There's people that, you know, you don't have to do everything everyone does, but to listen to all these people who've made the mistakes just like we did as a franchisor, listen to them, see what they did, what's normal, what the different life stages are is critical to our success. So don't be scared to go to these conferences and invest in that. It's just, it can change your trajectory right out of the gate if you talk to other people who are in the industry. I love that. I think that's so true. And I think as marketers, not remembering that you don't have to recreate the wheel all the time, like you need to make it your own because your customer, your offering, you know, is always unique. So you do have to make it your own, but there's a lot of smart people doing smart things that you can kind of look at and get inspiration from and then stitch together your own yeah. roadmap with. Love that. And I'll say, recognize that your industry is not the same. In the beginning, I spoke to a lot of uh, restaurant you know, franchises because that's where a lot of them are and how they were doing their marketing, which is not near as helpful for retail. It's just, it's not the same industry. So if you can find people that are similar to your industry, you're better off. Don't emulate what restaurants are doing if you're home health care. You know, just take a look at what people in your actual industry are doing. It's it's a little more effective. Food is fun. Pretty images, coffee. You know, I, I think I can see that, but it's just different for us other people. <laughs> so look, yes. look at similar industries to get some inspiration. Yeah, nice. And you mentioned that initiative and kind of work around the brand cohesion. So I'm curious how you guys kind of currently manage that brand compliance across your locations. 
Well, we developed a really specific brand standards manual, which everyone has, and we share with the graphic designers at our stores too, because they're the ones creating a lot of the materials. So we give them a copy. Like I mentioned, there's the social media tone we want them to follow. There's fonts they're supposed to use. So a lot of the time we visit our stores, so we'll see things when we're at the store or other owners sometimes will uh, narc out other, <laughs> other owners about things they're doing wrong because everyone wants to protect, obviously, the asset they've invested in. They want the asset protected. And then we see a lot of things on social media that are not right. So then we just call, essentially, all we do at that point then is call the store and say, this is ugly or this is infringing on our trademark, you know, whatever it is. And once we explain what's wrong, they will take care of it. But it's a it's always interesting at our convention when people start wearing their own big frog shirt creations, how much is out of a complaint. <laughs> so people get cre- we're a creative company. So everyone gets a little yeah. creative with the logo. So I can see that. <laughs> nice. Just have a few more questions for you. And so one is just in general, what are some other trends that you think marketers need to be aware of right now? Well, the one thing that we're really focused on is the release of the Google Analytics 4, Mm, uh, just to see how that's going to impact the websites that we did just transition everything to that. And now we're really focused on trying to learn how that's going to work. It's one of the frustrating things I think about digital marketing is how quickly all of these things change, how a dashboard changes, how they've gotten rid of these ads and now you only have the, it's a little frustrating. So just trying to stay on top of those things is can be very (laughs) frustrating. But, you know, I've said it a bunch now, it's the video revolution and we've got to make videos the right way to work with the algorithms, to stay relevant, whether it's TikTok or like I mentioned, the Instagram reels are great with our company. Our customers really respond to reels. So that's really, I think, if you're not doing video and I like whiteboard videos, for instance, but having real people in a video is so much more impactful. And I think the one thing that I love about the videos now is they don't have to be super professional. They can just be, you know, in your office or in your store and just look real. And I love that. And the other thing I love is that now everyone has a super easy video editor. You know, I think Mm -hmm. Canva has one now. So I'm just, now you don't even need to be an expert. You can just do some cool videos all by yourself. So that I think is just, we really need to be taking advantage of that. Even if you don't like how it looks, at least it's out there and it could be kitschy or something, you know, just, just stay relevant like that. Yeah. Canva just can let you do anything you really need as a marketer. I love Canva. (laughs) You can whiteboard with your team. You can like strategize images, videos. I mean, they really have a ton going on there. That's super powerful to just. I know. It used to be a little little product and now it's like (laughs) become huge. I love it. Yes, we love it too. I think the other thing that I've loved about video is it also works really well for internal communications and just in general employee communications. I think, you know, I work with franchise brands, so I'm not actually at one, but I could see just videos and internal communication tool, I think will just become more and more powerful as we go. I think that like Loom videos and the ability to just like take a quick Snapchat or Marco Polo type thing, like there's other ways that we can 
share our internal marketing story with employees and be able to empower them and educate them on things that we have going on, what's coming up this month, what are we thinking about this year? Like there's going to be a faster way of communicating that video enables. I think that will also be one trend that we see on the employee marketing side as well. I do a weekly video to the system. Oh, nice. Or less of everything that happened this week. Yeah. And it's been so nice. People just listen to it in the car or watch it real quick. And it's the highlights and everything they should know this week about the system. So I it's, love that. always watch it too. It has been amazing. It's been an amazing uh, tool for them. They like it. That's awesome. And so the, one more question I have for you, because I'm curious with a CEO hat on and then having also lived this marketing life, what advice as a CEO and kind of business owner would you give marketing leaders in terms of things they need to think about or where you think maybe marketing leaders might do it wrong when it comes to overall business and how they should frame their thinking? And I ask that because I think it's very interesting as a marketing leader, you know, if you've lived and breathed marketing your whole life, you don't necessarily always see the whole picture and you have. So I'm curious what you think. I'll tell you what I've loved about the marketing leader I've hired is that she's not afraid to bring me ideas. She'll come up with something I've never heard of and she'll present it in a beautiful way that makes me excited to try it because she's got the knowledge and I trust that she has the knowledge to bring these innovations to me so we can create these initiatives I think that comes up a lot where people can be insecure or don't feel they should bring new ideas to the table because there's no ROI assessment yet. But it's so important that I trust her that I'm not missing anything. I try to pay attention, but I need her expertise. And just don't be scared to bring things to the table and don't be scared to ask your team. The team's so diverse. They may have heard of something that you haven't heard of either. So I think it's to be open to what's happening and as a CEO to be, or whoever's in charge of that, to be open to these new things that don't be stuck in the ways that you're used to working because this landscape is so dynamic now that you just in three months, you might have a whole new area of advertising you've never heard of and only 18 year olds have heard of or some specific demographic is using. So, you know, as a marketing leader, don't be scared to bring those to whoever you're proposing it to. And as a the leader of that person, listen to them. I mean, it's valuable information and they've got should have their finger on the pulse of what's happening. So um, it's really exciting out there. It's really scary out there and there's a lot of new ideas and we have to be willing to try them. So. I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's my answer. I love it. Yes. No, I love it. And I think what you kind of mentioned about that trust too, that they have the pulse on some of those things and are bringing those new ideas so that you don't just have to (laughs) gather gray hairs and wonder if they're, you know, you should be doing that because they aren't. So I think that's a really good thing too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, two more questions. Is there any questions that you wished I would have asked today that I didn't? And you don't have to have one, but I just like to throw that in. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you asked me about my mistakes and that's always a good thing. Everyone where loves gone to wrong. learn things to avoid. Hard <laughs> <laughs> lessons learned. You know, I think one thing I always, not that you, I don't even know how you'd ask this, but I think one thing that people should do is follow their gut to an extent too. If an initiative doesn't sound right to you or an agency 
that you're going to hire just doesn't seem like they've got the goods. I think go with your gut and do a little more research. I've made some costly mistakes there when I was skeptical and uh, I should have probably done more research. So that's something I would recommend. I, I believe in the gut a lot. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, you can overanalyze easily and get lost in kind of this loop of overthinking and spending a ton of time on stuff when you, you know, you've got a feeling yeah. that after experience, you got to run with it. So I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. What does being a great marketing leader mean to you? To me, it means essentially, like I said, having your pulse on what's happening. Be open to new experiences. Stay current. However, that is read the vlogs, attend all your marketing webinars follow Gary V, whatever it is, do something that you're on top of what's happening. Not like you say, not the minutia, but the major trends, be that point of trust for the, you know, the senior team, the executive team. So they know you are just right there in the midst of it. And then of course, empower your team to bring you new ideas and try new things. It's really what, what I count on my team to do. And so I can trust them and sit back and know they've got my back and they've got the brand's back. So that's my opinion. Well, great advice. You guys are doing great things over there and have built a great system. So I appreciate you taking the time with me today to chat and coming on the multi-location marketing leader. It was great to have you. And thanks again for the conversation. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Multi-Location Marketing Leader. This show was brought to you by NetSertive. We help brands and franchises execute better local digital advertising programs. To learn more, visit netsertive.com.